cliffcentral.com. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Eugene Koza. Uh, I'm going to be your uh, host for tonight. I'm just going to introduce the main event. I'm glad you guys made it here instead of watching the inquiry on GS4SCS4, G428G4SS. I don't have faith in those parliamentarians. The fact that they don't even know who they're talking to confuses me. Because I'm like, how are you going to find them guilty if you don't know their names? GC4, GCS. But I'm glad we came to that point now. We're at the end of the longest hide-and-seek game ever South Africa has ever played. When we were looking for Tabo Best, it was... We were all looking at each other going, Are you Tabo? Are you, are you Tabo, eh? You know Tabo. So we, we've ended that game of hide-and-seek. So I'm glad we're here today. Um, we're going to have a special guest. But before that, I'd like to introduce the concept of what we're doing today. Today's concept is, uh, this is the second episode that we've ever done of the Uncancelled Conversations with Garrett Cliff. Basically, it's a conversation uh, with an interesting person that both Gareth and I find interesting. Because we talk about these things and we go, who's the most interesting person that we get? You? Uh, Kenton. Have you gotten tested? <laughs> yeah, some coughs, some coughs are not to be taken lightly. Some coughs mean stay at home by yourself. Okay, so this the how we started this thing was who do we find interesting and what are the conversations that we could have with them. So what I liked about Gareth is every time I do Gareth's interviews on his show, I always found interesting the conversation that we had after the show, right? Those that people don't get to hear the off-air conversations. Then we said to each other, how about if people get to sit in on the off-air conversations? That's what's interesting. But the kind of stuff that is said off-air could get you cancelled. But if we understand that we're not really on-air, but we're off-air, but we're talking about things that we'll talk about on-air, but we're not really on-air because we're off-air, then who can really cancel us because it's GC4S, GCS, G4S. So that's what we are having here. It's a G4S kind of a conversation. And we picked our guests very, very carefully. Interesting people. Last time was Unatinkai. Those of you who came to join us and those who watch on YouTube, we thank you. The views are incredible. So I'd like to introduce the host for this evening's uncancelled conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the main event, your host and your moderator, Mr. Gareth Cliff. Oh, you need this one. What? <clears throat> Testing. All right. Hi, everybody. First of all, um, this feels more like a, a, a welcome to our new home, especially for those people who've been part of what we've been doing for so many years. There's a lot of comment section people here, Canton. If you're wondering, the, there's a lot of comment section going on here tonight, so we're expecting at least the same amount of fire that we get every day on the fucking show from you people. Um, I want to welcome everybody to our new premises. A special thank you uh, to those people who are regular listeners. And I don't mean this in any light way. I don't mean this in any kind of insincere or flippant way. But when we first advertised that you could buy a ticket, the, probably the first time we've charged for anything, um, the tickets were limited. People snapped them up immediately. And nobody really had a chance after the comment section climbed in. So... You all know who you are, and thank you very much. And now we know who you are, and now I, and now I know what you look like. So, 
expect rude comments on air every now and then, right? Um, but really, these are the most loyal listeners in South Africa. They have stuck by us. Uh, listen, I'm sure that some of our shows have been really, really boring for you. I mean, some of them must be just, you think, why did I even bother today? But then, you know, the next day, hopefully we pick it back up and you go, oh, all right, that's why I listen. But none of you have ever unsubscribed. I mean, the names, you know, there's Rebellious Ruth, uh, Sanele. There's, uh, there's Mfundo at the back. Now, Mfundo is actually, like, he was our number one listener from day one. He found our website before we even told anybody what the URL was. And he ended up working for us for a while. And he went on to Greater Things, which I know he's teaching people now, which is tremendous. And Mfundo, you really are just a, a shining example to me. You know, when you get these stupid ad agency people around, no offense if anyone's from ad <laughs> and they say to you, who are your listeners? And I go, well, I can't tell you who our listeners are because they are as diverse and varied and interesting as South Africa is. And if you still think that that way, then Favut is dead, go and join him. You know, demographics, people, what are your demographics? And I'm like, okay, when we started this thing, everybody said to me, Data, it's too expensive. Data, how are people going to... Sorry, Mfunda, I'm using you now as an example, but everyone went, data, data, no one's going to listen. Only very rich people will be able to listen to Cliff Central. And I said, ooh, very rich people, that's fine. But, turned out, if people want something, they don't care what it costs, they'll get it. And I think, you know, Mfunda, who was at that point in uh, Lokshin in uh, KwaZulu-Natal, right? He was like on the bones of his backside, like a little bit of transport money, trying to make his way, studying still at that stage. And he was listening to us every day. And I was like, you know, you people at these agencies, you don't understand this country. Because a guy like him, you don't factor into your stuff. And that's what makes me so interested about like meeting everybody. And I'm sure, you know, the next time we do this, I'm going to have some story about someone else in this crowd. So just get ready. But I really do want to thank you all for being here. And um, to wake up as early as we wake up to be part of the show is just my favorite thing. It keeps me going. It keeps the rest of our team going. I'm sure you've met Simpiwe. I'm sure you've met Ryan. I'm sure you've met Homolemo. I'm sure you've met Jane, right? Isn't she as fantastic as you thought she was? So thank you for coming to our second recording of Uncancelled. Our special guest tonight is Professor Mamukheti Pakeng, who knows a thing or two about being cancelled. But before we bring her up, um, I want to introduce you to someone else who you may not have expected to meet tonight, but who is going to be probably your highlight of the evening. Um, someone who's very well known as my burning platform co-host of many years, Pumi Mashiho Pums. This is Pumi, everybody. So now she can see you as well. And yeah, and, and now she knows who to respond to in the comment section as well. Um, so Pums, all the people who, who talk about us and talk about what we do or don't do on the burning platform, now you know, right? Uh, we will open up the floor a little bit later for comments and questions and all the rest of it. So welcome. As Eugene said, the idea here is for us to have those conversations that you can't have anywhere else. And we did it first, and I'm very, very proud to say we continue doing it. 
and now we do it in even smarter premises. And uh, you're all very, very welcome. There's more food and drink after. Oh, by the way, you have to get the fuck out at about 9.30 latest. <laughs> or there's no show tomorrow. Simpiwe and I are not waiting to clean up after you at 12 o'clock. We're, we're not doing it. Right, Simpiwe? So I know... You've never been to a party before where the hostess says you have to leave by this time, but I've just said that. So, and I don't mind how, how rude you think I am. All right? I'm not trying to make new friends, so you're welcome. Thank you. Um, all right. I'm going to grab a seat, and then I'll introduce you to the star of the show, Professor Mamucheti Pakeng, whose Twitter bio reads as follows. Don't get twisted. I'm only here to inspire and give hope. So here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we're going to sort out these mics. Thank you, Ryan. Cool. Um, just by way of a quick introduction, and thank you so much, Prof. I know you've been busy, and I know you've been uh, doing a little bit of a media tour lately, and you've spoken to, you've spoken to a lot of people, including, uh, you were saying, Sizwem Porfu Walsh. Um, have you seen JJ Tabani again? <laughs> Do you want to just pull that a little bit closer? JJ is my friend, so oh, okay, I, talk, right. I talk with him whether I'm here or not. Even in Cape okay. Town, when he's in Cape, Cape Town, he pops into my house, so he knows that I'm here. We have we just haven't met yet. And uh, Mac G, you've done so. It's yeah. it's really. I mean, I'm hoping tonight we'll uh, touch on some things that the others haven't, and in a different way. So you're welcome to also interrupt us and say, "Hey, how about this?" At any time you like. I had a very interesting um, Saturday last week. And this is also why these uncancelled sessions are so important. Because we need to hear the stories of people who are alive and with us right now and making a difference in society. Because last Saturday I was in Guamashu. And I was invited to give a lecture on Pixlikai Sakaseme. Who was the founder of the SANNC. Which was the progenitor to the ANC. Um, back in 1912. He was born in the late 1800s, qualified in law at Columbia, and later on at uh, Oxford, got a master's degree in law. He is single-handedly responsible for having negotiated the sovereign independence of both Swaziland and Lesotho from the British Empire at a time when not even South Africa or Zimbabwe were sovereign independent nations from Britain. This is Unbelievable. The fact that so few people in this country know his name is a travesty. And I was delighted that the foundation, which has been set up in his name and which is run now by his grandson, um, is, is doing as much as it can to remind people of his story. Because again, there are so many great South Africans who are doing and have done incredible things. So when we get going here, I think we've got to start by just teaching. Like, this is where it all began for you, Teachers Training College, right, Prof? Well, um, that's my first year of work was mm. at the Teachers College at Hebron College of Education. But, of course, I, I also did my metric there. And, um, I mean, education's changed so much since then because a lot of those Teachers Training Colleges have gone. Uh, a lot of our Technicons are gone. A lot of the skills development places are gone, and universities are seemingly thriving, and we'll talk about that just now. But do you think, as an easy first question, do you think it was a mistake for the Department of Education to get rid of so many of those places in the very beginning? 
No, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a good decision. But I want to, to get to your point about so much has changed. Mm. It's not just education that has changed. The country has changed. I mean, anyone my age who's, who's a black African. 35? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm 57, right? Uh, and uh, no secret why. <laughs> so, um, I, and I went through many different systems. You must remember that during apartheid, as, as the politics were changing, education was changing. Mm. So, so I've been part of the Department of Education and Training, and then Buputatswana happened to me, just like it, it, Transkai and Siskai happened to other people. And, and, and then, of course, uh, Buputatswana introduced a, a different curriculum in education, which, which they called Education for Popahano, which was um, uh, uh, apparently based on Nyerere's education for self-reliance. And then they changed the schools, they introduced middle schools and so on. So, so then those of us who Putatana happened to, um, uh, uh, then we went out of the DET system right. into the Putatana <clears throat> system. And that, do, do you see what I mean? So, so when you get, and, and, and I mean, some... it's interesting what happens when politics change. What, what changes first? And education is one of the one of the big things. Education, um, basic education, it gets gets changed. Language policy is another mm. thing that changes. And 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 you can imagine why, even with colonization, the the thing that they needed to to get to the colonizers is education. Because once you get that, you shape what people become, want to become, aspire to, and so on. And, and so politicians so, like to know that they've got control of, of that course, too. Of course, of course. But, but so many, so many amazingly <sighs> driven black leaders came out of education because education was a place, Pumi was talking to me about this earlier, about how education offered the first job to so many black intellectuals because it was a place where they could actually find the source materials, where they were able to, you know, get the degrees. I mean, it, it wasn't easy in those days, but no. it was certainly like education was a good starting place. That's why so many of our, you know, our leaders were first teachers. No, but, but I'm sure Pumi can talk more about this, because you're forgetting the point that black people, there were professions that were for black people. Mm. You could only become a teacher. I, I don't know whether yeah. that was law Nurses. or not, but, but yeah. it was teaching, nursing, a police, you know, um, and, and so, and nursing, nursing was great because you earned money on your first month in training whilst you're training. So, so many people, you know, went to nursing not because they wanted to, but because during the first month, from metric, you get into nursing home, nursing school. The first month, you get a salary so you can take care of parents, and then you don't you don't pay school. Now, in Buputatswana, remember politics again. Mangope. In Buputatswana, they introduced the investor of Buputatswana. I don't know how the other homeland um, uh, apartheid homelands uh, thought about this. But, but the way Mangope thought about it, I mean, it was a fascinating thing. I mean, I, I'm writing my memoir and I've got chapters where I talk about this because it's quite fascinating what was in the curriculum and, and how the university was organized. So everything in the university, all the programs they, they offered were professional programs. And here's the thing. They were thinking, every, we're building a country and therefore 
we need people who can work in the public service. So you need nurses, teachers, accountants, lawyers, you know, so if you do a BSc, it's BSc education. You, you do law, it's stream. You do a BCom, it's a, it's a stream to be a CA. Whether after that BCom you're going to be a CA or not is neither here. Social work. So there was a Bachelor of Social Work. There was no Bachelor of Social Science. What mm. are you going to do with that? There was no BA plane. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. There's a BA education. So anyway, and all the programs were four-year programs. Okay, so the idea was you get out, you get into a job. And all the programs, Gareth, this is fascinating. All the programs, you had to do work experience. So it wasn't only the people who were in teaching who had to go and teach in schools. Social workers had to do uh, um, uh, work, um, work experience. Lawyers, did, uh, stu- law students did uh, work in the magistrates' courts, uh, yeah. whatever. Everybody had to do something. That was ahead, of its, ahead of its time. Uh, it was what? Ahead, ahead of, of its time, time in some it, ways. It was. Yeah. I mean, in many ways it was. I mean, um, by the way, and I'm going to finish because no. I, I want to hear what Mpumi is uh, no. uh, I keep looking at Mpumi and thinking, mm, I wonder how old she was, whether she went through this nonsense that we went through. She's very mysterious. Oh, Don't you worry. She'll, she'll reveal all just now. Fascinating. But but here's the thing that's also interesting about University of Putatswana. Development studies was compulsory hmm. for everyone. Development studies was compulsory and uh, special English was compulsory. Wow. And because, and, and the people who were the many of the, uh, I mean, there, were, there was no shortage of black academics, young black academics with doctorates, young black African academics with doctorates. And many of them were children of people who had gone to exile. And because the university was there in Mabato, uh, uh, their families were banned in another country, South Africa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they could just go through the border of Botswana into Mabatu, right. teach. And then when holidays come, they cross the border, go to Botswana. Naledi Pando was a, was a lecturer mm-hmm. there. Professor Ndai had skipped the country. They came back. Professor Nohwana, um, you know, the McLean sisters, those who are in politics would know these people, McLean sisters. So we were taught about by these ones, the McLean sisters who were really cool and they had doctorates, they're beautiful and they're South African and, you know, the Dr. Botalitema, and uh, Dr. Mention, you no know, mention and then, of Dr. Nandipa tonight, all right? No, no, no. <laughs> this, by the way, these are different doctorates. These no, are doctorates with red gowns. The real doctor. No, I know. <laughs> with red gowns, darling. So, so, so oh, and, and, and as you can hear, it was like all black. And then because of the time, there were also countries that were in political turmoil. So uh, expatriates, we had um, uh, meth lecturers, for example, from Ireland. Northern mm. Ireland, uh, from Iraq, uh, there were uh, uh, um, Sri Lanka, uh, and during the eighties. I mean, I, I went to university. My first year was in nineteen eighty-four. I mean, I, I was I was sixteen, going on to seventeen. Right. So, so, so the, all those. If you look at all those countries, there were countries that were in turmoil, and and of course uh, those kinds of people are not. The way we had professors from Jamaica. You know, I mean, seeing another black person, confident, whatever, whatever, looks like you, but is not from this country. I mean, it's yeah. it's quite something to see in the Especially middle in the of 80s, apartheid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and so you could as- aspire to that. So there was no shortage 
of black academics with doctorates. And then development studies was compulsory, uh, but of course development studies is basically uh, politicization. You learn about the migrant labor system, sure. you learn about, I mean, as much as you learn about... But it's context. The, yeah, yeah. It was the most important context. It was. But it's interesting that it's Puputatswana. And then every year there would be a, a, a development studies lecturer who gets deported. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I always cancelled. We use the word cancelled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cancelled. And I, I used to think um, clearly Mangope doesn't have a say on what happens in the curriculum. So he gets the message afterwards that uh, we don't like is, that guy. Yes, we, we don't like what that guy, what they are taught in this. And they would say, it's this guy, he must go. And then they would go back to Botswana or whatever. Mm. In the, I, I did education, uh, of course, as a compulsory major. And for the first time in my life, I mean, remember, you've gone through apartheid education and then homeland education. I had never heard of uh, Ujama uh, education. <laughs> for, yeah. yeah, I mean, where would you hear it in apartheid, yeah. guys? No. Uh, poor. We didn't even There's know. There's no but, way. Okay, so, but what you then raise about the learning that you had in Buputatswana and in the University of Buputatswana, similarly, what... You were, we were told you were being brought into UCT to do is also part of this diversification, not just of the curriculum, but also of the teaching staff and, and all of that. And, and yet here we sit having had this major fallout with the university. Do you think that there is a lot of political interference? And that is why you were not able to finish the project that you were brought there to do. I mean, it's interesting. In the 80s, political interference was from governments, not, not from the establishment within the institution. Of course, there were spies. Um, the spies were, were, were plenty in, in those kinds of institutions. I mean, the, 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 now, the, 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 the politics come or, or, from within, right? It's the establishment. It's the people who want to keep the old um, in place. And, 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 and the issues, we can talk about a little bit about why don't people want it. I mean, I've thought a lot about why is it that transformation scares people? I mean, and, and by the way, I mean, for me, I have to be clear to you that um, Senate, which is majority white males, old white males, voted for me to have a second term. Mm. That's starting in July. So don't, don't ever think all white mm. people don't want me. They voted for me to be there mm. because I'm an academic, first and foremost. I'm a rated scholar, right? A scientist. I'm not just an academic who dabbles here and there. Okay. Mm. So, 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 so the, the, the politics, the, the, what, what's politics has changed. And, and, and Cape Town is pretty interesting because Cape Town also has got a different political history. I'm, I'm sure people who are from Cape Town, I mean, people think uh, the, the complexity of Cape Town is only in the, in the racial spectrum. You know, mm. I mean, in Cape Town, even when you say colored, what do you mean? Because some people are colored, uh, culturally. Malay. Yeah. Well, cult culture. In the past, there used to be people whose ideas were hot and tot or Malay, Cape Malay, wah, wah. people come from different, and then there's intermarriages between Indian and colored, colored and black, whatever. So, so some people call themselves interrace. Not so to mention Christian, Dover, yeah, Muslim, yeah, and, language, and exactly, Afrikaans, English. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's not even the, I mean, there's that complexity, but before we get to that, there's the complexity of the politics. 
right? The politics of, of during apartheid, of the anti-apartheid movements. There's people who, who come from the union movements and the whatever. So UDM. the people who are UDM and, and, and their differences of them and who was on which side and, you know, so, so those politics haven't gone away. And then of course there's the Muslim factor, which is not trivial at all. Yeah. Not trivial at all. It's not in Cape. I mean, Houting, guys, Houting is an amazing place. It's cosmopolitan. I mean, Western Cape is something else. You know, for me, coming from, from Joburg, I mean, I, I love it for different reasons, but I, it feels like in, in Houting, there's a lot of other things that we don't necessarily, I mean, we've got our own, you know, racial contestations or whatever, but it's, there's, there's things, there's a lot of things that are better done, that are not an issue. Yeah. That that are, are are an issue in Cape Town. So when someone says that's a new city are the same, I'm like, duh, <laughs> not <laughs> context matters, you know. Yeah. Besides yeah. Uh, my usual example of uh, when you are at vets and there's disagreements, there's blood on the floor at UCT. There's internal bleeding, you know. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, you die, but you don't realize until you fall down. Mm-hmm. And there's no shooting at Forte. They shoot yeah. you, okay? Yeah. Uh, 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 in Western Cape, they will not shoot you. You will shoot yourself, okay? <laughs> uh, because internal bleeding or, or whatever, you'll deal with yourself. So, so, and then people, of course, think that. Uh, but, but there's a. It's much more. Um, it, it, it still has got that English. Um, and, and particularly the campus, not the whole of Cape Town. I'm just yes. saying. But there's a there's a there's a lot of complexity. The spatial. So so, pa- the, so where's the because this is also something that I think is important. The context. You know, again, you came in after the whole fees must fall thing, mm-hmm. and you managed to stabilize the place, mm-hmm. which is no small feat. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people who criticize you and maybe they disagree with your politics. Or they think that you've got away with all this money. I mean, this is what like an obsession. I know people have this obsession with how much money you, how, you got out, no right? Money. Like, who she got 12 million. Now she must help Did me. Did I? Well, that's what they say. <laughs> wow. I how? mean, Adrian Basson said that, but Did I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, in context, nothing. No huh? in context. I don't know. I don't know. Can you Adrian e- Basson can you said e- that. I just, to, I, I just, don't know. just I don't so I can know. see. <laughs> I know nothing about money. Adrian Basson apparently is the is the authority on UCT and the agreement mm. that they signed on me with me. That I agreed with UCT that the contents of the agreement uh, I will not discuss. Mm. Um, and so what what I will say to you is uh, I've never seen Adrian Basson. Uh, in my life, I, I have no idea why why he hates me. I think is he in the audience? Uh, Adam Basson, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Just like Ryan, no, Ryan that's no. producer Ryan. Don't fall for it, Ryan. <laughs> uh, 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 no, we uh, didn't invite him. Um, I, he, I really, I really hope we, they we have that him. in common. He doesn't like me. Ah, so he doesn't. Ah. He, he doesn't like you either. He doesn't like. I don't ah, know if ah, ah. But but yeah. you don't no, sell you as don't much try. newspapers as I do because I sell newspapers, my darling. I mean, I mean that's why you 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 are not in all newspapers, and I'm sure your article is free. Mine is not free. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to read mine, he makes sure that you pay first. You you know those kind of ones that mm-hmm. News Twenty Four is like you pay first. He, he makes a lot of money uh, on me, so mm-hmm. I hope he gets wealthy. 
And I hope whoever set him up and whoever is leaking information to him, I hope that person is paying him well. Mm. I hope because uh, a lot of it is hogwash. So, mm. all right. I mean, it would be it would be nice to imagine 12 million rand. It would be... No, no, no. All I can say to you, all I can say to you is that I'm not broke and I'm not uh, in a hurry to to get permanent appointment. I'm on sabbatical. I'm writing and so on, just like academics do. So all these stories that we've heard about how you can't talk. I mean, you hear talking and you don't seem to have a gag order from my point of view. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna struggle to stop you. But but. People were saying, oh, well, you know, if she, if she speaks out of turn because of the agreement she's made, she could lose all this money. So that's all nonsense. <laughs> no, someone, someone wrote, someone wrote on the, on, on some WhatsApp group that I'm on. It's a crazy WhatsApp group. Probably all of you who are there, it's crazy WhatsApp. I don't know how I got in there. Someone said, oh, she, she's uh, such a big mistake. She went to JJ and talk. Uh, you said she's going to cancel the agreement. I was like, mm. I don't know law, but I read my agreement. If they cancel, they're going to have to deal with the fact that I must go back and be VC. Right. <laughs> and then right. we must start afresh. I mean, it's so, not such a simple matter, but that's yeah. what I thought. So I don't know. I don't know. But Adrian Basson knows better. Mm. So being a mathematician... I'm mathematics problem, education. A maths educator. Yeah. And, you know, uh, being a person who educates about solving problems mm. and figuring out yeah. where the gap is or what the missing piece is. In your reflection, have you figured out yet where the missing piece in creating a higher education system that is available to everyone here in South Africa is? Um. I'm trying to figure out availability in, in terms of fee-free. Yeah. See, that's why I have Pumi here. I can't, <laughs> I ask the stupid questions. <laughs> she, she like, you, no, you took no, a no. minute there with my questions. You're like, ah, what bullshit. No, no, I'm going. <laughs> still with this. I'm going, I'm going there. But I, I still, rea- I also realized that I didn't answer the question about that, that you asked. But I mm. want to go to, because the question that you asked, I said, let me deal with this. And then sure. I got mm. sidetracked. You know, Puma, that that's a, um, a very important question. I don't think it's a decision that you make overnight. Frankly speaking, I think we had a golden moment um, um, uh, before 94 or when we started 94 to do that. Uh, as much as I think we had a golden moment to, to um, introduce a way of being that would be better than during apartheid. I mean, I keep thinking, you know, how amazing it would have been um, uh, if Mandela, uh, bless his soul, he uh, didn't say a a better life for all, uh, but he said, we are now going to have a country. It's our country. It's our country. We never had an opportunity to own anything. Now we're going to own and when you own something, you take care of it. Now, we're going to show them how this thing... These people have done a mess with this country. The, the way the cities, the townships, the way they're organized, totally. Let's do, sort, of, sort of not saying, we're going to get free houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah! And then, and not to say you don't 
build free houses. You still build them, and you build them here in the middle of Santin. You know, to to integrate oh, yeah. the rich and the poor. I mean, this thing that we have here is a problem, and black middle class like it because you, even the black middle class don't want to see the poor. Mm. Yes, it's a problem. So in a way, the way we've continued, we've continued with the same structure and system of apartheid. What's different, it's the the complexion of the hands and the people who are in power. I mean, in a way, in a way. So There are a few if, more people with access, you mean, to that life. Well, I mean... I'm just saying, you can talk about this, this, you know, the poverty of today is not the same as the poverty even of the 80s. My, my kind of poverty is nowhere close to this. It was worse, right? But even that, I mean, I, I think that there's many things that are very, that we've kept uh, in, in track. And, and so, and, and even the issue of, of higher education, of education just general, the, the fact that, um, Irrespective of all the discussions and uh, the ANC leadership, and I'm saying ANC, particularly because they won the elections, mm. and all the discussions they had and everything that's in the Freedom Charter, even with that, in the, those first meetings, they're thinking about everything, they never got to a point of saying, now, let's plan now, we're going to make education free. How do we do this? How do we, whether they say, Anyone who starts grade one in 1994, from then on, they are going to have free. So we're gonna, we're going to mm. build. We get tax. We get this. This is how we're gonna. Okay, but with you know, uh, I'm just saying, even mm. just that debate, just mm. getting, uh, you know, mm. it, 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 it's no way. I can see even even the debate on on language. I mean, on language policy, um, we we have 11 official languages. Not because our African leaders fought for the African languages to be there. If you look at the documents, you realize that the reason we have 11 is because the Africaners were refusing to have only English. They were saying, <laughs> we are not having, we must have Africans. And it was a long debate. Then, because then they say, but if we have Africans, then we must have Zulu. Mm. Then, the, then the conclusion was, okay, let's have everything. Then. Yeah. And then, of course, they forgot, they forgot that we've got the Khoisan, the first peoples of Cape Town, right? So, <laughs> And then they think about it years after because the Khoi people didn't have a representation, right? But it, even just that, it shows you that um, uh, the, the, the thinking in terms of what, what the country should be, it's, it was in a colonial mode, but, if you like. Amokheti, the, the tertiary education system seems to me to be broken. It seems that it's hugely expensive for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, in America, for example, where they supposedly got it right, although that's debatable, um, 400% increases in the administrative staff in those Ivy League colleges. 400%. That means that the students are actually paying for a bunch of administrators. They're not even paying for their professors mm. or for the, the actual classes that they're taking. And these, these swollen bureaucracies that develop around mm. these universities, even in this country, you know, you've got people who are running the office of I don't know what and this and that and the other, and they're all being paid, and they've got, they've got quite comfortable jobs. I mean, you see them, you know, you see people leaving the campus at UCT or the campus here at Wits, and you think, that person's too old to be a student, but they've, they're working there, and they've, they're driving a nice car, and they've been working there for, I don't know, 15 years, and the students are paying for that. So first of all, why does it have to be so expensive? Second of all, is it the best 
system we've built to make everything. It's make or break. You see these kids like pushing up against the fences and stampeding to try and get in in the beginning of the year to get a degree. And we've got enough fucking lawyers, don't we? Prof, I think we need no more lawyers. Can we stop them? <laughs> I mean, I really, I studied law, so I'm, you can accuse me whatever you like here, but enough. We've got, we need some engineers. Uh, do we need all the other things? Don't we need skills? Again, back to my question at the beginning. And is university, for so many parents, it's like if I can just, I'm talking about black parents who's like they can put one kid in there or two kids. Like if I can just get my kid to university, then they'll be okay. That's not true. Last year, in fact, two years ago during COVID, 800,000 people who applied for grants were university graduates. The 350 grants, sure. The 350 rand grant. I mean, Prof, we're churning out graduates and we have nothing to do with them. That's a sad, sad state of affairs. And I'm not holding you responsible mm-hmm. for, respond. for all tertiary education. But it's sick. It's a sick system. Okay. So, so, so there, are, there are several things going on here, Gareth. I mean, um, the issue is why, what are universities for? I mean, right? And, and in your question, you also putting together skills development in university, sort of, if you like, you can say TVETs and, and the other. And, of course, it connects to the question that you asked first, was it wise idea to close nursing homes, yeah. colleges, whatever? Bad idea, technical, bad idea, right? It was a bad idea, thanks to Kada Asma. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. Um, Do you think he's burning in the same hell as Farwood? Hey, Pumi's talking about people. Did you see why she whispered that? that? Someone burning in hell. I, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. People, I, I really, I do. Because Who, I think, she, I know a lot. Farvut. Because huh. same system, right? For it's a crowded root. hell, that. But because I, 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 I agree, it was I a bad idea. to notice that Pumla is saying that and her face looks innocent. And I always look like the naughty one. And they will say it's me. It is not me. I hope you noticed. It's Pumla who said that. I didn't even say yes. I just kept quiet like Murray, you thought it. You thought yes. <laughs> bad idea. No, but really, seriously. It's, it was a bad idea. Bad idea. No question about it. I mean, and, and you know, the thing is, you break something to rebuild it. It's, it, 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 it takes a different energy and it's not always possible to, to get mm. it back to. We, we had something going that we could have transformed to do what we wanted to. But education, given our history in this country, we should never forget that. Given our history, Education has got a different meaning and purpose. It's not just about becoming a lawyer. It's about social status also. Yeah. And, and you as a trust fund baby who grew up in Levish, whatever, you have too many lawyers. We don't have lawyers in my family. I'm not a trust fund baby. <laughs> I never, okay, I never, fin- I, I never you, finished. You, you, no, 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 hold on. No, because no, like, you, you, you. I was looking at that lady. Just a, 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 you, you I don't people. know why you are owning it. So you people. Um, but you <laughs> but, are. But let you're me right. Finish. Okay, no, let social status. Yeah. But let, let me finish. finish. So, 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 just to say, when parents of black people want all their children to go to university, and when all the children at high school want to go to university, I understand. I don't think there's anything wrong in that. I understand where it comes from. Many of them they'll be the first to go into to university. You know, one of the things that I'm very proud of at UCT that I've changed is that uh, when I left, not only did we have more than 50, 50% black uh, students, but we had 
90% of our first years being first in family to come to university. Wow. Mm. I mean, a whole entire UCT. Mm. I mean, it's... That's, that's it, impressive. And, 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 I mean, that, that changes... I mean, first of all, it's so difficult to get into UCT because of the results that you get. Even if you meet the points, you are so many who meet the points. You still have to compete with people who got A's. It's like, what kind of an A you got? You yeah. know? So... So, so it, 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 it's really, it's, it's really important for many parents to, 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 to get their children to go to university. The question that we should be asking then is, uh, what's, what is university education for? What does it serve? I think we, our expectation that university education is for a job is actually flawed. Mm. It's completely flawed. Um, it's it, it's good if it gets you a job, and in the in the past, in you know, in some context, it would get you a job immediately because there were shortage of people and and so on and so forth. But it should do more than that. But because we have sort of um, taught our young people that this is what it is, and of course, if you do an LLB, you're going to be a lawyer. But you know, uh, you could end up doing something else, right? Uh, you know, so 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 First I think you have to pay that off. Oh, yes, but 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 my view is that public. Public education should be free, by the way. Mm. I mean, if you think it is expensive, it, we can't afford it as a country. I can tell you we cannot afford to have the uneducated people, the number of uneducated people that we have who don't have our education. We cannot afford. And the, uh, if we, we, we make it free, we make sure that the, 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 what it's about changes uh, what 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 is post school education about? Not just in our policies changes, but also in the public perception how we talk about it, how 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 we we value it. It might help because you we we will get a lot of graduates who actually become entrepreneurs. I mean, that's one of the things that I drove strongly at UCT, which is very unusual for for a research intensive university. I drove student entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship in general. Um, I even made, made entrepreneurship report to me. I was the only vice chancellor who went to all the student entrepreneurship competitions. I'm there with the students. Our, and our team won every year. We, we, we are the reigning um, uh, 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 winners of the uh, um, Entrepreneurial University of the Year. We won it three times. It started uh, four years ago. Excellent. And and it's not usual for a research intensive university to do that, right? And uh, and and we have different programs. Some of the programs. One of the programs that I found that students were running in residences. The pitch. They're running themselves and they were getting vouchers. And I said to them, I'm going to partner with you. I'll fund you. But so this is in in collaboration with the vice chancellor's office. And, and what that did, it just upped the pitch. The business school came in, the D school came in, the engineering school. Like the, we got en- all the staff members who are doing, uh, who are in entrepreneurship coming in the whole year workshopping the students. But the students are in the committee, the ones in the res- academic residence council. They run it, they organize the last whatever. And I am there. They, they get their judges. Um, they, you know, and then when they come to, 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 I'm there, I'm the one rooting for them. And it, it, it does something. It says we are serious about this as a university. And so many of our university, uh, our students, when they graduate, they've already made their millions and they don't go to work. They, they start a business. I mean, it's growing. It's growing. 
I mean, there are three students who won uh, last year the national competitions as well. They, I mean, one one um, that already has made 50 million. She makes perfumes. She supplies. <laughs> yes. She supplies discam, cliques. Stop uh, pretending it's not you. <laughs> and here's, here's one for you. She's just graduated and she was doing an LLB. Yeah, well, not all yeah. LLBs are wasted. No, 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> are you backtracking? Because they're all the going to be suing who, me tomorrow. Are you backtracking? No. And then the, one, the other one who won the student, the, the big prize, uh, started a company from Orange Farm here, mm. went to some uh, township school, um, a, a company that manufactures bricks from, from waste. Oh, yeah. And he's not even doing civil engineering. He's doing chemical engineering. And uh, got this idea, worked with people who are doing sustainability, went to civil engineering. We have a, a, a urine brick laboratory. We're making bricks from urine. Nice. And what, yeah. So talk to them, got to. <laughs> they don't the even smell. House. There's no smell. You go into the urine laboratory, no <laughs> smell, right? Anybody, and, anybody want to build their house with the urine bricks? <laughs> And, it's and sustainable. I mean, the Part only thing the is sustainable that development the, the urine bricks, it, it takes too long to manufacture, right? So um, they're trying to do something else. Thank with, with it. But, but, they, <laughs> but, but you're paving, maybe. Um, but, but, so, but what okay, I'm saying to you is that you've got students from township, from some, from models, from models, from rural villages come to UCT. They've got good results. They get, because we're driving entrepreneurship, they get interested. They're, in, they're encouraged and challenged to think. In an entrepreneur, and my message to them, to when I talk to students about entrepreneurship, is to say to them, each one of you, you will know you've got good education if you you have an entrepreneurial mind. Whether you are going to get a job or not, you will be successful because if you've got an entrepreneurial mind, even if you are in a job, every employer will want you because. You will be the problem solver. You'll even, you'll save the company money. You'll grow what the company does. I mean, you actually, we can, we can, we can, we can improve service delivery if we changed uh, all of our, our employees to have an entrepreneurial mindset that, that you don't come to work and just chill. Actually, you can make more money if your employer makes more money. People don't think that way. Mm. You know, people think, I must steal, steal and make this thing go down. Let me take pocket things to go home. Actually, you make your company succeed. They make more money. You will make more. You'll get a bonus and the company grows. We'll hire more people. We'll, you come with an idea. Your company does this. You come with an idea. Of course, the people, the employers must also wake up. Stop exploiting people. You know, but, but you need, I, I want our graduates to do, and I wish all university students can have that, that having Having a degree and not having this curious, creative mindset, problem solving, it's actually, it's actually going to, to waste my time. It's not mm-hmm. going to make me the most, um, employable person uh, with a degree. Uh, but if I do this and I can actually, some of them, they, then they realize, oh no, I actually don't even need to work. I'm graduating, but I'm, I have my own company. They've hired other people. And, and because it's UCT, it's all the bright students from everywhere. You can imagine. I mean, there's some, some, some who, who were born in 2019, two from Malawi, one from Eastern Cape, the yeah. other one from KZN. They met here. They are not even in the same, same. I mean, I was asking, how did you meet? They are not even doing the same degree. 
someone is doing humanities and the one who's doing humanities is the one who set up the appointment with me to tell me what they're doing. <laughs> and, and there's one in engineering, one in business. The one who's in business science is the one who came with the idea. But 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 actually, there's others who are doing technical stuff, but the boss is the one who's doing business stuff. I mean, it's fascinating. And, and I'm like, this is a rich environment. I say to them, free Wi-Fi, free, free consultants, because academics are here, they're free consultants. Uh, once we work with other people, we charge them per hour or part thereof. But if you're a student, you can yeah, ask me. Free. It's free. Uh, and then you've got free, um, a very bright possible business partners mm. who are just as smart as you are, as hardworking as you are, you know, who want to succeed as you they do. They really should have paid you that 12 million. You've done the best, <laughs> best, <laughs> the best marketing campaign, uh, that Can UCT didn't know they blade? needed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can we replace yeah, blade? Please just be minister of higher education. I mean, I didn't, blade, I think blade is high, but he's not in higher education. <laughs> The only time Blade is high is when he starts talking. <laughs> when? <laughs> All right, but you've got a question, Pumi. Serious yeah. one now. No, but it's not high, man. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, right? So you have made higher education fashionable, right? Uh-huh. So when you came in and you're fab academic and you have past 3 a.m. squad, all of those <laughs> things, right, have made higher education exciting. And for all your students, it's also why everybody wants to come to UCT is because they hope to see you in the library with the chocolate. (laughs) But what should we be doing more in the rest of the universities? And I'm a pair, I mean, this is also a very, for me, it's a very selfish question because I'm talking about universities with my son. So what is it that we should be doing more of as parents, as the community, as educators in the primary education too, to prepare students into that space, into the university space, so that when they arrive, they are those curious students. They are out there wanting to be more. But but I think the same message that I said, I could have said it at a high school valediction ceremony. You know, what's going to make you successful? You can get the degree. There's so many people with the same degree that you have. What's going to make you stand out? curiosity, problem solving, you know, good team player, da 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 You know, I, I, would, I would start that from a young age, uh, from children young age. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, your, your question when you say uh, people, because Gareth said universities uh, are expensive, we pay people, da 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 You know, interesting thing about universities is that uh, our role um, is not just to produce graduates, it's to produce knowledge. Mm. And and actually, the more we get students to be the way that I've been describing, the more knowledge we can produce. I mean, the best, the best academics, the best scientists have got brilliant teams, which with majority are students. Uh, of course, there's, there could be some honor students, masters and PhD, and maybe one or two postdocs. Uh, but without an army of smart and curious and innovative students it's it's very it's 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 not so easy for for any professor to be successful on their own in fact um uh, as you go up in the academic ladder uh, you are more successful if uh, uh, you you are more successful if your your people the people the students who come up, you know become as creative as that so i think we should encourage that from a young age um that 
kind of curiosity. And I mean, I, I'm hoping that at the moment, I mean, I don't have young children. My children are adults, right? Uh, but but I'm hoping that I'm, I'm really praying every day that parents of young children who are seven or eight, my, my friend in Canada, uh, who's a <coughs> professor, tells me that uh, his child who's young uh, already has got a YouTube channel and what, you know, they're fighting about this YouTube channel. I, I hope parents are having a pro- that kind of problem that uh, now we want unkept data uh, because my YouTube channel or oh, they're posting about... <laughs> You know, they're posting the about this uh, podcast that's that's already in the family, at family dinner that, or this, uh, you know, someone is posting about this garden thing, um, a, a mobile garden that they're doing uh, at home that, that's producing this and that, that while someone is running a YouTube channel podcast, someone is, I mean, I, I'm hoping that we, we, we more and more, uh, could have those kinds of problems where where children start thinking, we don't like these vegetables from the supermarket down the road. They, they don't really. This this uh, banana doesn't taste like a banana anymore. <laughs> why, why is it like this? Can we plant our own so that can we, you know, oh, get curious. What does a seed of a banana, what do you do if you want to plant a banana? What do you put underground? Is there a seed or do you put the whole... You put you cut a leaf and put it, or do you put the the peel? What what do you do? You know, I, I want students, young people, children who get curious about that. What does this, that seed look like? You know, so from that to tech to you know to everything that, and, and if we get the uh, uh, you know that kind of uh, environment going, and 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 by the way, for me, my 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 first entry to social media and the reason i did all of that was was actually to get that kind of energy just among our young people i, I mean i'm sure if anyone was following me during the lockdown uh, you'd know that i did a whole lot of things i mean i did i did lectures online like 70 of them one hour sunday sessions from 4 to 5 and um, and then uh, last year I did, I mean, I, I serve on the Geneva Science uh, and Diplomacy Anticipator, where basically what we're dealing with, I mean, I have no idea how they got me onto this, because this is a, <laughs> this is a group of um, a, a Swiss people, a scientists and so on. And the, the big thing that we're dealing with is the fast pace uh, in the development of science and technology. And the fact that... Um, the governance and and you know is not growing at that pace, and so you you you, you know technology is growing. We're gonna have, um, I mean, if you're worried about ChatGPT, I mean, just in three years you'll have something that's much much smarter than the smartest human being. Mm. And of course, people still think it's the past. They're like, ah, oh, it will be only as smart as the computer, the person who computer. But and, but then. There's also other things like medication that's that's made to 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 cure cancer, for example. Can you use it for other things? Are uh, young people, you, you know, are there re- is there regulation for that? And I I put that I, I online. Just, I just looked at the because time now. Stop. This always happens. No, no, no. no. Like I, I <laughs> oh, just want to go to some. We have got these people here live. It's a live <laughs> event. Oh, we recorded, but I do want to ask some questions and. Yeah. There's still a lot that Pumi and I wanted to ask you, but I don't think we're going to have time for that. So who's up first? Go ahead, Zintle. Go for it.
when it comes to transformation, mm. that was I- incredible because I think we didn't realize the impact of what representation means in yeah. the university to see lecturers that look like you and to get a VC yeah. that actually um, looks like you. So I also want to ask, how did you handle that transition with the amount of grace and like, uh, you held that well with the amount of backlash you were getting you just um, from see. Senate. You like, couldn't see what was going on behind closed doors. <laughs> there was a lot. And that's part one. And then part two, I actually want to say that I think we don't give enough credit to the standard or the level of education that we get from UCT. Because yeah, I studied my from master's South Africa. in London and I was shocked. And yeah. I, I think it's impeccable. And also going back to the point on entrepreneurship, I was also part of the VC um, funding part that led me into an entrepreneurship sort of journey. Um, and I also want to say, like, how can we continue that? Because I think the only way we'll get economic development in this country mm. is if we invest in the future of our entrepreneurs. So it's mm. twofold how you handled the part one yeah. in terms of the transition at UCT and entrepreneurship in South Africa. Thank you. I suggest we take that question. And, and by I the way, we didn't okay. set her up to do this. Oh, <laughs> like she was in, you were invited today. She, she's invited today. <laughs> she's a UCT student. She wouldn't a graduate. She wouldn't have been agreed to be set up by a vet graduate. Come All right, and let's 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 go to Ruth. Spice, 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 spice. Go, Ruth. Oh, Ruth, you've got a terrible voice. You can shout from there. No, <laughs> you're so bad. <laughs> All right, this is not a chance for you to pontificate as a future <laughs> politician. Agree. But, I, I, but I, I mean, you do agree with that, right? I agree. And, and, and of course, we haven't said anything about the UCT online high school. Mm. And, and the UCT online high school is not just a school online. The pedagogy is basically to disrupt that kind of idea that you put everyone mm. in the same box and everyone whatever. So, and of course, we just done one year uh, Pity I won't be there, you know, when we celebrate our first metrics, but I, I'm going to be there in another form. But I'm going to just squeeze myself in to celebrate. But um, the pedagogy was in such a way that you don't move from one concept to the next. If you haven't mastered this one, we move at your pace. Uh, students, even though it's online, of course, the, all the materials online are available to everyone, all the learners and anyone in the country. But uh, if you register with the school, you get uh, individual tutoring online. Mm. But but it was basically to 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 sort of you know stop this way of teaching students as if they are one group. And and I mean you you've put it you were very kind in the way you put it because the way it is, it's almost like you can't even fail. Uh, you 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 just go. You, we 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 can't even tell you the truth. Let me not say fail because we can say to you you are not yet ready to go into the remainder theorem because you don't understand factorization. And if you don't understand factorization, the remainder theorem is going to be... Can, can you see what I'm saying? Like that just, it's fair for us to say that to you because mm. we know that if you don't do this, then calculus is going to be impossible. So, so we, we delay you to improve this so that you can 
um, succeed in the long run. So I, I agree that it's going to change. Your, good, good one, Ruth. Yeah. And your, your, thank you for, 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 for what you said. I mean, it's the question that Gareth asked me about. How did I handle that transition? Uh, I mean, I, I got to UCT in July 2016, and you were there. I mean, in Joburg here in Gauteng, they only know roads must fall and fees must fall. But at UCT, we also know a shackville when the students built a shack on campus. I mean, UCT students are something else, <laughs> you know. Um, and and I arrived just after Shackville and the burning of the art. And at a time when Sarah Bartman mm. was in the library naked. And and how, how um, that was a point of, of contestation, uh, Sarah. And and the the colored artist who did that, who I mean, it, it fascinating huge politics, right? So when I got to UCT, one of the things that I did that that we haven't talked about this. I don't know if you're aware, but I actually went to Biko Building. Yeah, I went to Biko Building. My predecessor didn't want. I was a deputy vice chancellor, and I I asked him, I want to go to Biko Building where the students are occupying, because I want to be on the ground. I want to hear. I just, I'm new in this institution. I never lived in Cape Town. I just want to hear what the issues are because this protest at UCT, I mean, it was shut down, shut, you know, it was shut down after shut down. There was like, yeah, it was bad, right? So I thought, I want to go. And he said, oh, no, 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 it's not safe. It's not whatever. I said, what is not safe? What's the worst that can happen? He said, maybe they'll abduct you. Well, I said, okay, abduct. I have my bag, I have my phone, and I know all the students, whether they are, they are Muslim Students Association or SASCO or EFF, I know them. I will send, I will call the ones in Gauteng to talk to their buddies in Cape Town to ask them to release <laughs> you know. So I said, I have an apple and then otherwise, you know, clearly they, they should have, you know. Um, so, so I got there. I spent a week, the first few days they didn't know who I am. It's nice to have a nice, cute body. Like, you know, I, the room was full. I sat on the floor. You know, I can do this very easily. Um, and, and I listened, but it was very important for me to do that because you get to hear the students talking about their problems. Like it's the middle of the, you realize actually the toy toy that you see during the day, it's not trivial. The, the someone, there's a whiteboard marker. They are talking issue number one, issue number two. Once they're doing, the one who's busy taking notes, it's not even the leader that you know. It's like the strengths here, right? And and he keeps saying, hey, 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 I've got my Alan Gray. I don't want to lose my Alan Gray. Okay, look, guys, focus. We've got to get these things, right? We've got to get these things, these demands met. Because I've got to pass, otherwise I'm losing my Alan Gray. You know, and 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 they do all of that. And, and, and you know, and of course there's different characters. So it was very good to be there and see, you know, and just experience the students. And in a protest contest, there's all sorts of characters. And they all have a role, you know, the guitar player, you know, the, the, the one, the musician of the, prot- of the, of the Fees Must Fall, who's now completing his PhD at Oxford. Wow. Uh, at Cambridge, and and yeah, so so you get all of these things, and and that was very. They only noticed me maybe by day number four or five, <laughs> and they didn't notice me as a group. One of them, as as I was going out when they finished the meeting, said, "I, I think that's the DVC, the new DVC," and then said, it's Prof Prof Pagin. Yes, yes, I think it. And then one came and said, "Prof, ah, oh, it's good to see you here." You know, 
And I say, oh yeah, yeah, nice, you know. But that, <laughs> you know, so so, but but that I think Gareth um, and and Pumi, they, at some stage I thought you were going to ask me, what do I think is the reason? Uh, maybe I was because because people might not know uh, I was never charged of any wrongdoing. I never mm. received any charge. I never was disciplined. I've been getting performance bonuses for doing a great job. Uh, you know, yeah, we still, we still I, got, I got the second term for that starting in July. Uh, uh, but there I go, red carpet, door, gate, there we are. Adrian well, Basson like some... says it was 12 million worth. But, but it's not like someone like you is not going to be useful and we don't need you in this country <laughs> right now. So but we maybe, they're, maybe they're greater things. I mean, I think it's always really, really difficult to leave one job, especially if there is a cloud of mm. controversy around it. Mm. He but, knows all about that. Oh. I know, I was going to say he knows all about it. <laughs> but but congratulations. I, mean, I was listening to 702 when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, we got, we got two more questions. Canton's got one and then we'll take one more. So whoever else wants to go put your hand up now so I can see you and then I'll come to you after Canton. Yeah, Gareth, usually I'm going to be a bit controversial about oh, this. No, I would never have guessed. I'd like to put Imagine you that. Uh, that academia, particularly in terms of university structures, yeah. are basically obsolete institutions. Mm. And I say it on the basis that if you look in terms of where the major developments in the world are coming from right now, mm. Steve Jobs did not complete university. Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. did not complete uh, university. You look at the, the stuff that Elon Musk ended up studying. These are all people who are making seminal impacts upon the world, mm -hmm. but the academic institutions do not produce that caliber of person who is actually making seismic transformation in the world. And one of the things that I'd like you to uh, uh, offer your thoughts on is the idea that universities right now, by their very nature, have become institutions that are not able to foster that type of creativity. And I'll give you a very specific example, just the concept of a peer review mechanism which means that any time someone injects a new idea, mm -hmm. in order for it to gain prominence in academia, that idea has to be peer-reviewed. And if the peers do not have that within the scope of their experience, they can't possibly recognize the value in it. You know, in a very specific example, if you're a computer science person who is teaching the intricacies of chip design and suddenly quantum computing appears on the scene, you've got no way of actually comprehending something that doesn't uh, fit into it. So I'd like your thoughts in terms of whether the peer review mechanism is something that actually prevents universities. And, you know, I, I don't want us to pick on South Africa. This is something that applies around the world. Whether that's something that actually holds back academia from doing the type of thing that it could be doing. And then the other thing that I'd, uh, that I'd like to propose, and I'd like your thoughts on that as well, is that when academic papers are published that they should be published anonymously. And the reason why I say that is because far too often people don't pay attention to the idea. They rather take a look at who is the person who was actually originating the idea. Mm -hmm. And that, to my mind, is fundamentally anti-academic. And, of course, the third problem, which you know goes back to Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, who came up with this idea that all of your academic papers have to be published in journals where you have to subscribe to them. And I'm of the view that all academic papers 
should be in the public domain mm. so that they can become part of the larger education system. And it's to my view, I don't believe that universities can be improved until we address these things. Now that you're not formally in the university structure, you can comment on this. And I'd, I'd really like to have your feedback. No, so, that's so an easy one to comment peer, peer review, <laughs> anonymous publication, and free, journal, free, and free journals. Absolutely. But, but it's also the, the I mean, I, I, I just, I, I, here's the thing. What you're talking about in terms of, and I want to get to the point about universities don't necessarily put out new innovations, that's what you say, or new knowledge. I guess you say new knowledge, not necessarily innovation. And you mentioned Steve Jobs, blah, 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 blah. Um, um, I mean, uh, I don't want us to get into the debate of the role of Steve Wozniak uh, in the journey of Steve Jobs and, and whether Jobs <clears throat> would have achieved what he had achieved without Wozniak. And why is it? That, that we're not focusing on the on what Wozniak brought, where he studied, what he studied, right? I think that's important. I think the idea that uh, Elon Musk, on, I mean, he's the one doing, but but he's not doing all these things alone, right? Mm. So 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 I think I think we shouldn't we shouldn't undermine that and say, you know, simply because Bill Gates and blah blah dropped out, that that's that's what young people would do when they want to, um, they, they don't want to do uh, higher education. So I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but at the same time, you haven't also told me uh, about someone who's doing research on lung cancer, on TB, which is one of our biggest problems. Actually, TB kills more people than HIV, than, than COVID did in this country. And you, you, you haven't said to me, Here's somebody who's doing groundbreaking research on TB. Uh, they are coming up with the vaccine or whatever for TB, and they've never been to school at all. Okay, so 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 to to think that we can just um, willy nilly say universities are useless because Steve this, Steve that is is actually a little <laughs> problematic. And then the the issue of uh, reviews and and whatever it, it's an old debate it's an interesting debate about when new ideas come through and and you've got the old guard if you like it's it's another way of where, how the establishment controls and and by the way that's another place where you see the racism i mean when when we talk about Decolonize. You see the racism in there, and and um, uh, 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 journals journals don't. You submit a paper, you submit your name, but even if you know if you are in social science, you're doing um, you're doing empirical studies. They can see where you data is from South Africa. If you're quoting mainly people from Africa and from the global South, you know it's like you you haven't you know whatever whatever there's politics there but but this this idea is not new in terms of um uh, uh, how people get disadvantaged i don't know uh, whether there are any mathematicians in the room but there's a very interesting story in the history of mathematics of um algebra of someone called galois evariste who who is actually the founder of Galois theory. It's a, it's a branch of, of algebra in mathematics. And he, he was coming up with all these proofs and, and whatever. And he was, he was dismissed. They were rejected. They were whatever. And, and in fact, he ended up dying. I mean, he was young. He died at 21 
uh, in a fight over a girlfriend somewhere in the streets of Paris. <laughs> mathematicians Even are normal mathematicians too. Even mathematicians need Girls. love. <laughs> Superior. <laughs> I asked, I asked. I think, I think that's uh, had an honors, uh, uh, offering an honors course in, called Galois Theory as well. And um, it's only after he died that uh, uh, his proofs were found and and then as time goes on and they were looked at and and then they were they, that's the basis of Galois theory so i'm just saying it's not new and and i'm um my 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 hope is that when new things come in you, we get the kind of reviewers who say i don't understand this but wow is it fascinating um let's get more people into this um and and, and 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 you know sometimes when we talk about universities we talk about as if these kind of things only happen in universities but actually you 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 only have to have looked at the the first episode of Steinheist and you'll see that uh, sure. it happens elsewhere too Steinheist no. you know it's fascinating that that uh, you know over trusting can be a problem as lack of trust dismissing people with new mm. ideas, you know. So, so here you had someone who, you know, so, 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 so I, I agree that those kinds of loopholes are there in terms of, um, new, new ideas that might not grow fast. But at the moment, frankly speaking, they are growing very fast. Uh, science is growing so fast. Um, um, there, there's a danger actually that we might have lots of other inequalities. Um, I mean, work on human augmentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we know that now you can change who you are to give yourself an, an advantage? But can you can you make yourself more intelligent? Uh, I mean, we can design babies now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how far can we go? Are there rules to this thing? I'm waiting for that, by the way. That's and, why I haven't got children. You're waiting but for. also, but also, the the thing is that. Can the poor do this? Can can the the poor always cannot do this? You know, so mm-hmm. so so the, the, there's all sorts of things about you know, uh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's strict and and that's the kind of stuff that I was uh, um, uh, last year in the second semester. I sort of talked about online. I think first semester, sometime last year, that I did the the Sunday sessions on to, just to get young people to think about these kind of things because you want. And I thought. I can do that because I have a lot of following. Young people come, they want to listen. So uh, basically, you, and, and I just think we need more of this. So they make education fashionable and they, well, all these things is to get more young I people mean, to say, this is exciting. This, There's some this really, is, this you is, know? This is the live audience. This, this will be mm-hmm. heard by many thousands more people and they will listen to it because they're interested in exactly this, what you've just said, yeah. and the other opinions that you have. And I encourage you to follow... Professor Mamukherti, because I think we can all do well to see, first of all, how she handles all the ridiculousness <laughs> of the internet. Of, also, of which, she makes of great memes. none of us are professors, <laughs> by the way. You make great memes. Makes good memes. <laughs> one last question, anybody? Anybody wants to go? you got one last chance. Uh, I do think we had... All right, Renata, I can't say no to you. And, la- and ladies, <laughs> women... Sorry, Sanelle. You'll have to deal with I it. I don't have a smart question, so I just wanted to ask you, your shoes are so dope. Where are they from? <laughs> Thank you. You've yeah. got such good taste. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're really beautiful. So where are they from? You know, this is Doc Martens. Oh, and, wow. and, and here's the it's thing. A bit 
They are connected to UCT because in 2016, as you know, I worked 12 years at, at VETS, eight years at UNISA. After I got a job at UCT, it, it was the first time I'm relocating for a job. And I, I wanted a gift from me to me. And I went to, Doc, there was Doc Martens in, in Rosebank. And, and I bought these. I'm surprised nobody has them. Overseas, everywhere I go, everyone wants them. And awesome. then I, I thought, I thought Cape Town is funky, more funky than it's arty, it's whatever. I, I took them to Cape Town. I promise you, they were so scared of my earrings <laughs> that I'd never wore the shoes. I only wore the shoes when I traveled until one day I decided, come on. I, I, I didn't wear them to, to work. I started wearing them to work actually, uh, during the lockdown. After the lockdown, I went to work with them. Uh, but, but yeah, but they're not as, they're not as funky as I thought because I thought RT, tech capital, you yeah. know, uh, but wow, woo, they're so conservative. They're all dressed in black and brown. <laughs> Seriously, you wear pink coats. Right. That was too much. Sanene, you can go with your question. I mean, we don't want to make you feel like, uh, but we can you'll never comment that was ever a bit frivolous, but No, okay. I like it. I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. This is the show. Sorry. It's actually Zanel. Oh, sorry, Zanel. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Quick one, Prof. Uh, In terms of education, I see, I feel like there's an over expression when it comes to tertiary education. But then from primary and secondary, what do you think the role of the SGB and LRC structures are? And from an SGB perspective, do you think there's an over-reliance on government when it comes to that particular structure? And if there is, what is it? And can we perhaps find a way of correcting it with your guidance? Are you a member of, a, of an SGB or you have been? Not even. Yeah. I, I was fortunate to go to my former school. To I, I literally, I don't know how I ended up there. And it was the third attempt to host an election meeting. Uh-huh. And from about 1,200 students, there was only six parents. Wow. And mm-hmm. that, that, that actually scared me. Yeah. But, but the thing is that, you know, so much has become politicized in our country. SGBs, university councils, it's so sad, man. Uh, 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 so there shouldn't be an over-reliance on government, um, but the structure itself is like people get into it for different reasons, mm. you know. And and for me, it it saddens yeah. me. And I, and I keep thinking, who's going to change this? Um, it it can only be us. Uh, and and I I I I don't know. I I really don't have a I don't have a response in terms of how to solve that, because in the very same way, I feel that. Uh, university councils, they are like the SGBs of universities, the boards or whatever. And, and they are also so politicized mm. that people, some people are not so focused on the, on the, 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 the good of the university or the good of the school. They are focused on the political agenda. Personal. The personal political agenda or whatever agenda they, the constituency that put them here, they've got to, you know, mm. you know, and, and, and for me, that's our greatest weakness uh, in South Africa. And people think this is only a black thing. Yo, it's a white thing. It's a colored thing. It's an Indian thing. It is so depressing. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a South African thing. It's a, it really, for me, it really, really, uh, yeah, it, it kills, um, it, it destroys a lot of good that we have. And, and frankly speaking, I think 
If it were not for that, I'd still be VC of UCT. Mm. Yeah. If it well, were not for this politicization, you know, the very thing that you see see that, you know. So and and that's why I keep thinking it's that. I think some people got scared about uh, by what I I mean one of the things your transition and how I manage things. I mean, um I talked about going to Bigo building, but I, I also when I became VC, you know, all the vice chancellors get an inauguration. I chose not to have it. Mm. It's a waste of money. You know, I asked them how much. They said, yeah, we've budgeted two million, what, what. And I said, no, but I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, I don't want it. How can we do that? There are students who, I mean, this is 2018. We've been having protests uh, yeah. until the, the, my predecessor, the, uh, uh, his farewell, the last farewell on campus uh, didn't happen. The students disrupted it. And then the farewell had to be outside campus, you know? Uh, but that was the last shutdown. <laughs> last shutdown, right. Now, and, you, and, and you're not even getting one when? Yeah, you <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> but but I, at, at one level, I'm thinking they didn't ask me because they thought if they told me that they're going to do a farewell, I would ask them how much would it cost. <laughs> and, and then I would have a good idea about mm. what to do with the money. Mm. Because with the inauguration, I said to them, I want that money, we'll find more money, we'll re- uh, top that up, and we pay the fees of students who have completed in between 2015 and 2018, and they haven't graduated. They are sitting at home. They haven't graduated, but they've completed. Mm. So, but then we couldn't. So, I managed to get other money. We made it four four million, and and then we looked at the students. You know, they're sitting at home, and we could only rescue hundred of them. And then they said, of course, my boss, the chief counsel at that time, was like, so what do we do? You know what happens at graduations. Do you know, don't you want to wear a new dress? I'm like, well, I wear new dresses every day. What are you talking about? <laughs> do you know what happens at inaugurations? I'm like, yes, I've gone to, the, I've been in universities for years. They give speeches. They tell the vice chancellor how amazing she is and so on. Unions come to speak, students, all these constituencies. I don't want that because I know already. Mm. Are you proud And of- then I said, he said to me, the challenge, sorry, he said, uh, we also invite donors. So if we are not having it, how are we going to have those people? And then I said, those people that we would invite who donate to the university should be very pleased that the person who's taking over the university is not going to waste their money. They'd rather see the graduations. They'd rather, And so they said, oh, but there's a book you have to sign. I said, when those 100 students graduate, send the book. Grasha Michelle must come must put the gown on me, bring the book, I'll sign it on that day, and then I'll be the guest speaker for the graduation. And that's exactly what happened. Beautiful. You know, so, but I'm the only vice chair. I thought after that, I've disrupted, I've disrupted the, this, uh, 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 whatever. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. The oh, there's too many on. mainstream people in this world. That's why I had to go, guys. I mean, I, I'm too much for the system. <laughs> too round and I'm square. Like, uh, because I thought people would think twice after that. Anyone who comes after me. Wow. They all, so all the vice chancellors in this country have had inaugurations. I didn't have it, but I, I don't, I didn't need it. Neither did I fly business class on university money. No business class. So very interesting when we go to meetings elsewhere on the continent and with the universities all over the country. <laughs> and then when we come back, 
the vice chancellor of the leading university on the continent goes to potato class. Everyone stops. At- <laughs> <laughs> and then when we get to, when we get to the airport, uh, they, uh, their drivers all come in nice cars. Uh, when Adam Habib was here, he used to give me a lift. And I said, can we give it? Because I don't have a driver. I don't do driver. I drive myself. Well, my sons drive me like this. No driver, no living maid, no cook, no business class. The only time I get business class is if universities overseas invite me. And I got a lot of that. UCT didn't pay most of my travel because overseas universities. And that's when I got business class and that's fine. But UCT money, business class, never. Well, there nice. we go. That's, that's, that's a great place to end it. That's a great place to end So thank you very much, Prof. I really thought that we would, um, we would argue and we'd talk about, you know, the politics of universities. And I find myself, and I'm sure many people in the audience do too, a lot of people might not have even known this story and, and came just because they knew we'd have someone interesting here. Um, but you've, you've really, I think you've wowed us all. Oh, really? I don't think that's saying too. Yeah, I don't think that's saying too much, Pumi. Mm. I really do. I, I, I'm so glad that we've got people like you in education in this country. I hope that we have more conversations like this. I hope that you find somewhere else where you can be as dynamic as you have been. Um, and I don't think that's going to be difficult because there are lots of places who need this sort of leadership. And I want to thank everybody in the audience for coming tonight. This is uh, our second live event. We are going to do more of these. It's terrific to have you here. Pums, thank you so much. Uh, Pumilele jumped in at the last minute and said, I have some questions. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm sitting in the As middle. I wedged myself in. And, uh, and our, our, our fellow comrade in, uh, in the burning platform, Canton Pillay, I'm glad you could be here, Canton. But of course, all of you are VIPs. That's why it's a small, intimate little crowd. Please go and have some drinks, have some snacks. I want to thank my team for putting this together, Lebang and Mash and Ryan and Jane and Komolemo and Sipiwe and every Dari. Dari's here somewhere as well. So everybody, thank you so much She's for your sure hard work. She's making sure the website's got Komolemo. all the work. <laughs> have I left anyone out? No, Jane, you never leave Jane out. All right, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Prof. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com